so good to be with all of you again. Glad to be here enjoying this beautiful sunshine. We have truly been blessed with some beautiful Sundays and uh, happy to be here again. Looking forward to seeing more of your faces because I know there's so many behind these cameras right now. And all, of course, I see your faces in your cars, but it's nice to see you a little close. So my name is Pastor Ty Kordamash, and it is my pleasure and my honor to be able to come and bring a word from the Lord this morning. Um, Happy Father's Day, guys. We are glad. We are glad that you are in our lives. Uh, Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day and this opportunity to, to hear your word, to be inspired and encouraged. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be ever-present with us, just as it speaks through the pages of your word, may it speak to our hearts and our minds. Gracious God, I ask that you would take these words of mine, the things that are foolish to this world, and that you would do something great with them. Thank you, gracious God, for how you use even the least of these. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I want to share a few verses with you from Thessalonians. The first uh, first Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Hear the word of the Lord. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging and comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Well, now that you've heard 1 Thessalonians, let me remind you of a story that we find in Luke 15. In the story that Jesus tells, he tells all kinds of stories, um, some entitled parables. And this one sometimes is called the parable of, of the prodigal son or maybe the lost son. So I'm just going to paraphrase a bit and, and remind us or maybe tell for the first time in your hearing this story of a father who had two sons. And the one son said to his father, hey, dad. I'm, I'm tired of all this work. I'm done with this life. I want you to give me my inheritance. I'm not waiting around. Would you give me my inheritance so that I can go and live life and experience and gain my own understanding? And the father, as far as we know, said, okay. <laughs> there isn't too much argument there in the word. So he gives him his half of his inheritance, or the half of his property. He gives him his inheritance, and, and that son goes off. He finds his own way. He finds his own place to live. He's doing his own thing. Um, but he was not very good with his finances. Some of us might understand that feeling. He wasn't very good with his finances, and before long, it was all gone. He had used it on, on all of the the good foods, and he had, he had enjoyed time with these friends that were friends he soon found out because of his means. But when all of that was gone, 
Not only was he without resource, but he also found himself at the beginning of a famine, which meant that there was no place to work. He had no way to to be able to provide for the needs that he had. But he was able to find himself a, a job working for a man who owned a pig farm. But that was as good as it got. There was no extra money. There wasn't even food for him to eat. And he found himself so hungry that he was longing for the food that he was giving to the pigs. And finally, he thought to himself, this is, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to survive. He said to himself, I'm going to go home, not to be returned to the place of sun that I had when I left, but I'm going to go back so that I can at least serve in my father's household because serving there would mean that I would have more than I have now. Serving in my father's household would mean I'd have a place to sleep and I'd I'd probably have some clothes and I'd even have food to eat because my father is one who cares for every person. And so he went. And while he was still a good distance off, his, his father saw him coming and his father ran to him And he said, as soon as he met with his father, he said, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry that I have dishonored you, that I have, that I've squandered what I had. And I don't want to be returned to the place of your son. But will you allow me to just work with all of those who serve you? That's all I ask. And his father said, to the servants, bring a coat for my son. Bring a ring for his finger. He did return him to a place of sonship. Not only did he return him to a place of sonship, but then he celebrated that fact. Then he, he called for, for the fatted calf to be killed and prepared that there would be a great feast And then we hear of the second son who comes in from the field and says, what is this? And they tell him, your brother has returned. And this is how your father has greeted him. He said, what, dad? I did what you said. I didn't question you. I didn't have to go and find my own way. You asked and I did. And he said, yes, you have. And at any time, You need to remember that all that I have has always been yours. This father having two very different sons, right? One that would do simply because he was asked. He knew the responsibility that was his and he did it. Another who said, I don't understand why you just do what he tells you. I want to go experience things for myself. You, you might, if you're a parent, you might be thinking, I, I know what it is to have children that talk like that sometimes. I know what it is to experience a child who's just going to do what they're going to do. Or maybe you have a child that is more of a clingy child, one, that, one that's always around, right? Not one that's going and doing because you asked, not one that's finding their own way, but maybe there's one that you have that, that just needs to see and watch and be present with you 
to experience as you experience, and that is how they learn. It's something that we we realize, especially as educators, right, that, that children learn in different ways. And it is not that they don't want to learn or that they don't want to have an experience, but they just come about it differently. And here this father is experiencing this with his two sons, how they learn and experience things differently, and yet he is able to say, you are still my child. You are still my child, and and I want you to see and experience and learn, and I will not stop teaching and instructing. And even as fathers, right? You're all different. No father is exactly like another. You are, may even be different from your own father. <laughs> right? There are, of course, those who say, oh, I won't be like my father, but I want my children to learn this way. The Apostle Paul says this, this is how they dealt with the Thessalonians when they were there. When Paul and Silas and Timothy were with them, they were with them the way a father would be with his own children, Paul said. He said that, he, that they worked in a way that encouraged and comforted and urged them to live lives worthy of God encouraged, comforted, and urged. As I was doing some reading, I came across John Wesley's, he always, yeah, you never know, he has some good things sometimes that pop up in, in his commentary. He said, you know, in, in, in encouraging, we're encouraging someone to move to do a thing willingly. Like saying, hey, you can do this. Where we're encouraging confidence for someone, right? Hey, you can do this. And allowing someone to, to feel that, yes, they can. When we're comforting, we're moving someone to do it joyfully. To not be afraid, to not be intimidated, but to know that what you are doing is good. And then also to urge them to be to be moved to do things carefully, with great care, with intentionality. We are urged then to do things, to witness. That is actually what that word urging means in the Greek, witness. And it suggests this significance of being physically present with someone. Right? That you, you have to be present in order to witness a life lived. And so that is what Paul is saying, that, that they came as a father would with his own child to encourage and comfort and urge them to live lives worthy of God. Paul said that, that they themselves were involved in passing it along this gospel message, and that as a result, they become vulnerable and even profoundly connected to the people that they are living and sharing with, and they give the gospel as well as themselves. Paul and Silas and Timothy are proclaiming the gospel for the sake of the gospel, 
for God himself, not for the sake of the church, not for the sake of their own fame or glory or edification, right? That's not why we become parents so that we can say, look what we did. No, it's so that we can pass on and edify those around us. What an honor it is as parents to be able to say that you are involved in raising children, that you would become so vulnerable and so profoundly connected that not only are you giving wisdom, not only are you sharing, hopefully, the gospel, but you are sharing your very selves. So are you, have you parented in a way that is modeling a life worthy of God? Can you say that your faith in God has grown or even been strengthened as a result of parenting? Have you thought of it that way before? Perhaps you'll take a few moments either today or sometime this week to think about the different ways that God has shown and modeled himself as a father and then identify whether or not the same could be said of you. What about things you want your children to know and learn and possess? Is there something that you wish for your child to develop? Well, then shouldn't you also become a student of that very thing? That if you want to teach patience, you need to know it yourself and exhibit it. That if you desire that your child would know God, shouldn't you also have that relationship with God that they then can witness? If you see an area where you would really like to grow, this is your time. It's now. Don't wait. Today is the day. Only only you can stand to better yourself and better your child in the process. And just as the story in the prodigal son, never give up on your child. There could be testimony after testimony, I'm sure some even here in this parking lot, that can bear witness to one who did not give up on them. And as a result, their lives their faith is what it is today. Teach them, lead them, show them, hug them, pray over them, and bless them. I know that, that we probably pray for our children. I'm sure that you have even spoken blessing, maybe, at times over your children. But have you, have you often spoke God's word to them. I'm going to uh, put together this week, we're putting the, our, our, um, the steeple together, and so I'm going to put a few things in there this week that I want to encourage you in. I want to encourage you to find a couple of these Bible verses that I'm going to share, and that you would know them. I know people don't like the word memorize. They're like, oh, I can't remember anything. No, you can. I know you can. I know you can because God has said that his word is to be on your heart. 
So God can make it possible that you will know this. So whether you memorize it word for word, (laughs) if your child comes to you and they are overwhelmed and they do not know how they can do what is before them, I encourage you, I challenge you to know Philippians 4.13, to speak at that very moment. My child, you can do all things through Christ because he strengthens you. When they are unsure of what direction to take in their life, when something is, is, is just giving them a hard time, share with them Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Trust in God. Acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Have you hugged a child and whispered words of God in their ear before? What about joy? You make known to me the path of life in your presence, God. There is fullness of joy. I'll share several verses. I'll share more than I'm sharing right now. But I'm praying that you will take God's word and that you will place it in your heart so that you then are able to place it in the heart and mind of your child, of your niece and your nephew, of your grandchildren, of your godchildren, because our children need to hear. They need to know and see this life of faith that is ours, that is theirs. And remember that just as you are pouring these things into those children, God has been pouring them into you. You are his. God has called you his own. So won't you spend a little extra time with your heavenly father this Father's Day? Just as you're preparing to call a father or perhaps spend some time with one as you remember your own father and what he has done for you. Don't forget your heavenly father. Take that time to spend with him and talk with him, allowing him to pour into you so that you may pour into others. There's so much that he yet wants to share with you. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious Lord, we give you thanks for your word. We thank you for our fathers and the way you witness for them how it is to love, encourage, comfort, and urge us on to live lives that glorify you. Thank you, gracious God for this word, for our fathers, and for you, almighty, gracious God. You are so, so good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.